0: All right, we're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast for Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. I am Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders editor-in-chief, joined, as always, by Mike Tanier, And uh, we're doing the latest in our series of tier lists this week. So here to talk to us about pass rush tiers is Brandon Thorne. From establish the run and the trench warfare Substack newsletter, hello Brandon. I want hey, to guys. wish you a happy Arch Manning commitment day.
1: <laughs> Thanks, guys. I you know can't tell you much about what's going on there, but yeah. Well, you okay.
2: you just you came out. You didn't know you've been you've been busy with other things. You you do not you do not know where he committed.
0: So we're going to reveal to you the three guys who don't follow that much college football. We will now reveal to you where Arch Manning is going to school. It's not Rutgers. It's Rutgers. (laughs) Rutgers and a stunning. Shadow got him to
2: come to Rutgers here. He's coming to Jersey, taking his talents to East Rutherford.
0: I mean, uh, it is a little bit surprising to me having not really followed the Arch Manning commitment sweepstakes. He's going to Texas.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, Um, I know. Texas still has a lot of allure, you know, even though they haven't been very successful. So it's not too shocking, but yeah, you would think Bama or Georgia would have been in that.
0: I would have thought either one, he's going to go to Bama or Georgia because he wants to win it all. Or two, he's going to go to Ole Miss or maybe Tennessee because of the, um, because of the family connection. I don't know where Cooper Manning went to school,
2: honestly. I don't know where Cooper went either, but it's an NIL thing. You know, he's a hardship case. His family does not have a lot of money, does not have a lot of connections. So he had to, he had to go, you know, to, to a school that would offer him opportunities right away financially. Makes
1: sense.
0: Um, unfortunately arch manning will not have the opportunity to be sacked by all of the players that we are discussing today for at least three
1: years
0: (laughs) but we are going to count down or up actually the pass rush tiers the way that we have been doing over the last few shows mike has prepared his tier list and then we are going to start at the bottom and move our way up and once mike introduces Uh, where he has a team, Brandon and I will give our thoughts and we'll move that team around if necessary. I've got in front of me a few stats like uh, ESPN's pass rush win rate, adjusted sack rate, pressure rate, uh, blown blocks from last year. Brandon has, of course, all the film work that he does, tons of work on both offensive line and pass rush, including all the charting that he does of when, like, what do you call them, high-quality sacks?
1: Yeah, high quality, low quality. I even have a rare high quality depending on level of competition. So that yeah. kind of helps
0: inform what I think too. Yeah, you know, the difference between whipping your guy and running around for five seconds while the coverage is good and then finally right. taking the right guy down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just bringing context to every sack.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'll so kick we'll Start off. at the bottom.
1: Yeah.
2: I will kick things off at F – and I don't think this is a controversial selection here. One F tier your team, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, uh, as Aaron knows, they were 32nd in Football Outsiders' sack rate last year. They have not finished above 23rd in adjusted sack rate since 2017. They've not finished in the top 10 in adjusted sack rate since 2006. That's when John Abraham was on the Falcons. And they don't have anybody. This is the weakest part of a weak roster. I don't think this is controversial.
0: No, not at all. They were, I mean, in all the stats, they were way down at the bottom. And, you know, Lorenzo Carter is an interesting add in the second round pick. Ebbedikey, I don't know how to pronounce his name because I'm not good at pronouncing names. Ebbedikey. But I don't think that that moves the needle off the idea that this is the worst pass rush in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think Grady Jarrett, he's a monster, but he's primarily a really, just outstanding run defender. Um, he's a, he's a capable pass rusher, but yeah, they haven't had edge help in a long time. Ketty should help. And then they also drafted a guy named D'Angelo Malone, who I kind of liked as well. So they actually have some, some promise coming into the season more so than the last couple, I think a little bit more upside there, but yeah, I think starting them off on the bottom is, is fine.
2: They, they have a, a bad history drafting. Uh, edge rushers too. Uh, attackers yeah. McKinney did not work out for them. Was it? Uh, it was Vic Beasley, right? Who I think had one strong season, and didn't work out. So, so I mean, Abiketty is a good prospect here, but it's just hoping that they struck gold this time. Is, seems a little uh, uh, overly optimistic. Um,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Let's roll to some D's. Uh, my first D, I and mean, a lot of the D's might be controversial. I think some of them might move. I'm going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And, you know, they lost 10.5 sacks when Chandler Jones left. And so what we're looking at now is Marcus Golden and what's left of J.J. Watt and who knows how many games you're going to get out of J.J. Watt at this point. So put them in at a D.
0: Yeah, what's your what's your feeling about J.J. Watt, Brandon? How much do you feel from watching him that he's that he's got left? Um, I
1: mean, I still think against the run, you know, he's, he's a pretty impactful player. Uh, You know, that's obviously not what we're ranking though. So as a pass rusher, it's just, it's a lot of splash stuff. You know, if if he's going to make an impact, it's going to be probably from the interior. Um, And yeah, I mean, he just doesn't have, you know, all the injuries Uh, that have just kind of piled up. He doesn't have the same level of explosiveness that he once did. He's still extremely crafty, very good with his hands, a lot of pass rush moves. You know, he could still beat anybody at any time, but I just don't think that that is going to happen very frequently, especially because now teams are going to be able to pay more attention to him with Chandler Jones gone. Um, I really like Marcus Golden. He's like a high-energy, high-effort kind of guy who, you know, has a little bit of speed, a little bit of power. Um, he's he's just a fun guy to watch. But, but yeah, I mean, in terms of Watt, I think as a run defender is really where his value is right now. You know, crossing guys' faces, uh, kind of taking things into his own hands. He, he has a lot of leeway as a run defender to kind of do what he wants. So he's able to backdoor runs and kind of make some splash plays in the backfield. So, so that's his primary impact right now, I think.
2: So, and did I miss anybody who's like an up-and-coming pass rusher on that team?
1: I actually, um, I like Kingsley uh, Kiki, or I okay, think that's okay. It. Yeah, so he came over from Green Bay, and he was, you know, he he's kind of a rotational guy. Uh, right. He's not like a you know a stud starter kind of guy, but he's kind of a guy to throw out there that I like on the interior. But the interior overall is very weak, and I think that's why I would have them you know down here as well uh they drafted a guy named Myjai Sanders from Cincinnati. Yes. yes. So he's there um you know potentially kind of like a you know rotational guy who can maybe provide some impact but he's very skinny uh right. not very strong you know he's going to be a liability against the run. So, you know, just one of those guys to nice kind of like a developmental guy.
2: It's when I'm doing these and it's like if you're adding an edge rusher as a rookie when you have nothing, it's like, well, he's going to come, he's going to get his sacks, but he's probably going to get a lot of attention. He's going to have like, the rude awakening. Whereas the teams that have a strong pass rush and add a pass rusher, for me, it's like, like oh, my God, they, like he's going to come off the bench on third and 10 in like, a NASCAR package, and he's going to be like this unstoppable force for that team.
1: Yeah, that's probably will be his role. And they also got a guy named Cameron Thomas, who's kind of similar to J.J. Watt in some ways in terms of usage at San Diego State last year. Uh, He's a guy who rushed, you know, he played outside, but he moved inside a lot and made an impact against the run. He's going to be a guy who can be moved all over the line of scrimmage as well. Their NASCAR package is interesting, um, you know, for sure. But yeah, I just I think hedging on them being kind of one of these lower tier teams going in mm-hmm. with potential for more is probably how I would approach it as well. OK,
2: another lower tier team I'm putting in is the Houston Texans. Now I always hear about how the Houston Texans, well, you know, they've got these guys who are kind of professional because they bring in all these older uh, uh, free agents. Their older free agent is like Jerry Hughes. I don't think he's had a really good season since 2018. Only guy on the a roster with more than four sacks last year, I believe is Jonathan Greenard. Uh, so this is a team I felt pretty comfortable a, as a D team.
0: Hughes did have a lot of hurries last year, but you're right. Like everyone, especially on defense, it seems like every time we're hitting Houston, it's like, I have to be like the stats tell you that this team is more mediocre than you think they are. Not mm-hmm. good but closer to mediocre than you think when you first think of the Houston Texans. Like, for example, they were 18th in pass rush win rate last year and 23rd in adjusted sack rate, which is bad, but not horrible, (laughs) which bad, but not horrible. It's like the entire tagline for the Houston Texans. defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point because they actually have some capable guys on the defensive line. Uh, Greener is a guy who showed some promise last year. He had a, Quite a few, um, you know, pretty quality sacks last year. Uh, Rasheem Green is a guy I really liked. He's one of my most underrated guys, I think, in free agency. Um, he's kind of a versatile guy; you can move outside or inside from Seattle. Uh, I actually like him you know, probably the most uh, of these guys in terms, especially what they can get on from the interior. Um, and then Hughes, and they have Mario Addison, I believe, as well. Uh, both guys from Buffalo definitely older guys but i mean if you're rotating them with greenard um, and maybe like a corner ronco um you know from uh, the rams you know that's that's a decent you know four rotation malik collins and rashim green you know that's that's okay i mean it's like you said i think it's below average probably you know not terrible
0: i i i would move them at least up to d plus okay I mean, I realize that's not much movement, but if long as we're tearing things with D and D plus, I think I would put Houston to D plus. Sounds like you would too, Brandon.
1: Maybe, yeah. I'd like to see the rest of the teams. I think after we get more teams on the board, I'll be able to kind
0: of, you know, move, judge move things time. around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The
2: uh, D plus, thy name is the Houston Texans. Your D plus was invented for thee. Uh, next up, uh, I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Uh, I know they added Thibodeau, uh, and I like Aziz. Uh, can't say his last name right O'Jelari. now. Ojolari. As much as the next guy. I'm going to tell you guys something I did, like the homebrew of stats, so I didn't have the same stats as Aaron. The Sports Info Solutions, I went for pressure rate, but I did pressure rate on first and second down and first, second, and third quarter. I want to take away 3rd and 10, 3rd and 12, times where it's like obvious pass pressure passing situations. So I look at these pass rushes in the isolation of they can't scheme up like, uh, you know, stunts and blitzes and things like that and say, what was their pressure rate on these early downs? The Giants had the worst pressure rate on early downs, except for the Falcons, who are in their own category and all these things. And so despite some additions, despite the fact that their overall pressure rates kind of look somewhat OK, I put them at
0: D. Yeah, it's really a question of whether you think Thibodeau moves them up.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one I'd probably put a D, D plus, uh, just because Thibodeau, ogilari Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, that four. Yes. I, you know, I, I think that's pretty strong. Um, there's not much depth here at all, so all right. that's kind of the downside, but. On those money down type of situations, um, which is a little different than what you just alluded to, Mike, but I think uh, kind of when it matters most, I've, I really like what they're able to kind of put on the field in those situations. So I think that there's some some legitimate upside there. I
2: haven't seen it. I mean, I mean, I've seen some of the guys you mentioned have been there two, three, four years.
0: Yeah, one of the problems with the Giants, this came up with run defense too, is like Williams and Lawrence, like you you feel like watching them, the yeah. results should be better, like when you just watch them, like the results of the team should be better than what you than what you than what the results of the team are in the run game. In both. both in both are. the run game and the pass rush, I think. Yeah, I think
1: Leonard had a little bit of a down year compared to the year prior, but um, he's still extremely skilled, talented. You know, he could beat anyone at any time. You can't say that about a lot of guys. Uh, they just don't have that ability to do whatever. ever. Um, so he's still, while not as consistent, he's never been as consistent as his talent, you know, is, you know, really. Um, he's had splash years, incredible years with the Jets, with the Giants. Um, I think two years ago with the Giants, a few years ago with the Jets. So, but the, he hasn't really stacked those years together. So he hasn't elevated himself into that upper echelon of interior guys. But when you watch him, he does some stuff that other guys just can't do. So I still think, you know, as as if he's your top interior guy, interior rusher, that's better than a lot of other teams, I think, even with kind of the inconsistencies that he has.
2: All right. Now, why don't we hold off on that for a second? Because if you want to move the Giants up, I'm guessing you're going to want to move the Detroit Lions up. Obviously, added Aiden Hutchinson and they added Pascal in later rounds. So they added guys to the Acora brothers and some of the assets they have there. I talk about my low leverage pressure rate. Again, that's uh, those early downs when it's sort of like the pass pressure has to do it on its own. The Lions were 30th in the NFL in that particular uh, category. So, Yeah, this one's
1: interesting um just looking at their depth chart and everything i i'm a big fan of romeo aquara mm-hmm. he's coming back from the torn Achilles though we'll, we'll kind of see what he looks like um i didn't watch josh pascal a lot but I, I heard about him you know just his physicality and stuff like that obviously hutchinson's gonna help them a lot i think um you know not a whole lot on the interior there. Um, you know, I, I think there's maybe some potential uh, with. I mean, Brockers is a stud run defender more yeah, than anything. Yeah. 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 Charles Harris, a lot of those sacks last year were clean up. Yeah. Um, he's like a, you know, a motor guy. Um, nice guy to have, you know, in the rotation, but maybe like an okay number two. I would hope that Romeo comes back 100%. Then it would be him and Hutchinson on the outside, uh, you know, as their primary guys. So there's potential here, but. Yeah. I mean, D, D plus, you know, probably for them as well. It's, you know, like I said, until we get more teams on the board, it, it's hard to kind of stack these guys just yet and be firm on it.
2: For now, if you want to move one up giants or lions, who would you move up? I said you had to pick.
1: I think there's more options and a little bit more intriguing depth in Detroit. Uh, but I like kind of the top three in New York better uh, okay. in terms of, you know, their top three guys. So it's, that's tough. I mean, I, Depends which way you want to go. If you want to talk about longevity over the season, probably the Lions. Okay. But, yeah, high-end potential, maybe the Giants. So, right. yeah. will
2: so. groove one in you'll definitely want to move up, I think, which is the Chicago Bears. Uh, the reason I put them so low is, that you know, their raw pressure percentage was only 23rd overall. You lost Khalil Mack. You lost Akeem Hicks as well. But you have one absolute – and most of these teams down here do not have one absolute – in his prime above the marquee pass rusher and the, uh, and the bears
0: still do with Quinn. Yeah. Man. From that perspective, I just want to point out the bears actually led the league in adjusted sack rate last year, which is very, crazy. quiet. very quiet. In all the other stats, they were average pass rush, win rate, average pressure, rush, average blown block rate, average. And again, no Mac this year, and no Hicks, but they only really had Mac and Hicks for half the season last
1: year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking at the the roster, I, I don't like this one as much as the other two we just named. Um, honestly, I, Robert Quinn, I'm, I'm as big of a fan as anybody on him. I wrote a huge article on him last year, and just love his game. He's he's an incredible player. Um, but aside from that, man, I mean, they, there's a, these are a bunch of okay guys there there's one guy who has a lot of upside and that's trevis uh gibson Yes. Yeah, so. Who i think it, you know could be a legitimate number two edge rusher in the league uh so he gives me some encouragement they have dominic robinson who's an intriguing rookie as well but the interior is pretty bare uh and, you know i mean angelo blackson could give you some splash plays and stuff but not a whole lot of depth here I don't think um and yeah I just I don't know I'm pro- probably okay with them and, like D maybe yeah. D is the highest okay
0: it's an interesting dichotomy here between last year's results and what you look at when you see the roster cuz I right. I agree with you with the roster the roster doesn't look that exciting other than Quinn but there was a pass rush here last year yeah and Hitchhiker's Pie
2: is asking are you know, the teams who had a particularly easy set of quarterbacks? And I'll, I'll get to another team here where I, I made an erroneous assumption when I put them in there. But I actually checked. I looked at Quinn, and it's like holy cow, he had you know 173 sacks last year or whatever it was. And I'm looking through. Okay, he had Huntley three and a half sacks of Huntley. That was probably a pretty easy game to get sacks in. But he, he's sacking Rodgers. He's sacking Kirk Cousins. He's not having an easy slate of bad teams, bad offensive lines, etc. So that's why I was like, oh, I'm putting him D now. But that you know, Quinn is demonstrating that he is that guy in terms of a Pro Bowl-caliber pass rusher.
1: Um, yeah, and, he was in the NFL in my metric last year for high-quality sack score as well.
2: So Yeah. And, and, and when you look at both the Giants and the Lions, and I guess the Texans are in there, and you see these teams, like, when these games are blah – When you don't have lots and lots of high leverage situation, it tends to stunt the statistics of a lot of people. So on the one hand, if you're facing a bad team, you might get eight or nine sacks. On the other hand, the game might be over at halftime and everybody's kind of going, you know, the late game doesn't give pressure opportunities, sack opportunities, because they're slowing the game down. And you might see that reflected
0: in especially these lower level teams. (laughs) I think we need to see who we're gonna put at D plus and C and then figure out if we wanna yes. move some of these D teams up. Cause I feel like the stats from last year at least suggest the Chicago should be higher, and the fact that they have Quinn suggests that they should be higher. But somebody has to be at D. So we can't move up the Giants and the Lions and the Bears and the Texans. Like we can't right. move them up, right? So I'm gonna give you three C plus teams in a row, then so we can
2: populate them and you know, D-plus D D plus teams. D-plus, thank you. D-plus teams. We're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks. Then we're going to the Carolina Panthers, whose pressure stats last year looked good, but they lost to Sean Reddick. And we're going to go with the Jets. When you talk about a team that, on paper, the front four looks very strong, I'm excited about the Jets' front four on paper, including you know, getting Carl Lawson back and, and some of the guys they have on the interior. So those are the three D-pluses. Attack.
0: Oh, well, uh, you want to go ahead? Carolina was fantastic in pass rush stats last year, yeah. but you do have to, ask, and you have to ask yourself, how much does Reddick mean compared to like Brian Burns and the other guys who were there? They were actually second in pass rush win rate and third in adjusted sack rate.
2: Right. But I, we're stuck with, I look at this personnel, it's Brian Burns and added Adonis in the middle. Yeah. But I, I look at the, at the personnel and say, well, what is this? You know, so it's right. Points. I know.
0: I know. Because you're not your gross mottos replacing Redick. It's like,
1: mm. Ooh, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe a downgrade there, but an upgrade with Ionitis for sure. I mean, it's just health, No, you know, with him if he stays healthy. But him and Derek Brown, that, that's a really nice duo on the interior. Yeah. Um, who knows if Davion Nixon will ever be anything, but he's he's a talented guy. Uh, so, there. Yeah, I mean, this one, this one is uh, is pretty intriguing. The, the team that really catches my eye of the three that you mentioned, though, is the Jets. You know, um, that's because Carl Lawson's coming back. Jermaine Johnson, Jacob Martin coming over from Houston. He has one of the best cross chop techniques in the NFL. Um, he's a very good number three, I think. Uh, Franklin Myers is a guy I love on the interior. Mm-hmm. Quinn and Williams, I mean, Solomon Thomas, Sheldon Rankins, Nathan right. Shepard. This is a deep, deep defensive line. So I definitely would want them
0: higher. All right, let's move the Jets up.
1: Put them at what would
0: think, how would you feel about moving Seattle down to a D? Yeah, I mean, Daryl Taylor, um, Boye Mafé, who's a second-round rookie, Show, uh, Shelby Harris comes in Shelby, Shelby Harris comes in and Puna Ford but it's not it doesn't seem to be oh, like, like a great pass rush here like there's no there's no guy there's no one guy where you're like that's the guy Jamal
1: Adams. I'd, I'd probably be okay with moving them down they, they have some young talent there you know especially off the edge but um, yeah I mean Puna Ford is like I was just saying a lot like Grady Jarrett he's a stud run defender but pass rush is probably just like solid you know al woods is a strict run defending nose tackle shelby harris is a nice little piece for sure you know on the interior but they need guy they need a lot of guys to step up they need alton robinson to give them something they need we'll see about boy Mafe. Quentin jefferson is actually a guy i like on the interior um they you know from the raiders he's, he's a nice piece but I'd, I'd probably be okay with it moving them to a D. I mean, oh, they also got a uh, Chen on the wall, as well. I forgot about him. So they actually have some pretty decent depth. So uh, I could go either way on that one.
2: Okay. let's. Th- th- I'm going to throw a couple Cs at us. I'm going to start with two Cs. Big teams always seem to be lumped together when I'm doing their defenses. The Chiefs and the Packers. Every time I put the Packers someplace, someone tells me how awesome the Packers' defense is and how I've missed – how wonderful they are. I'm looking at Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, and a bunch of rookies on their defensive front. And I know that's the case with the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have a stronger pass rush than that. But still, I'm looking at Chris Jones, and now they have Carl Aftis, and and what's left of um, Frank Clark when he feels like playing. And that adds up to a C for me.
1: Yeah, these two teams are really – there's a lot of high-end talent definitely on, on these teams. Uh, Chris Jones, you know, probably the second best interior pass rusher in football yeah. Uh, after Aaron Donald. So total stud there, but yeah, Frank Clark, you just don't know what you're getting, which is tough. A lot of talent obviously, but um, Karlofkas is going to help them. But yeah, I mean, I'm not super high on the Chiefs as a unit, but Chris Jones is so great that, you know, it's tough to, kind of knock them too hard i like the packers more than the chiefs though as a unit mm-hmm. um you know Rashawn gary i think is you know ascending uh preston smith is good kenny clark is good very good run defender mm-hmm. dean lowry actually has a really good bull rush uh you know as you're kind of another interior guy jerron reed can give some stuff here and there as a pass rusher more of a run defender though um even jonathan garvin next last year flashed a little bit so they got a high-end top three and then a little bit of depth. So I like them probably a little bit more.
0: It's interesting. They were very low in ESPN's pass rush win rate, hmm. 27. But they were very good in pressure rate, where they were ninth, and blown blocks, causing blown blocks, sixth last year. So And that's not with Darius Smith, right? Because Darius Smith didn't play last year. Right. So that would suggest that the pass rush might be a little bit better. and maybe and should be a C plus instead, maybe a C plus instead of a C.
1: Yeah, I'd probably be okay with that honestly. Devonte Wyatt, I forgot to mention him as well. So yeah, it, it, I really like what they got there. It looks good at the high end, you know, and then also the depth.
2: All right, We'll give you another C team. My hometown, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, their statistics from last year were not particularly strong. They added Hassan Reddick, who I think is going to be a, a great fit as sort of the cornerstone of, of what they're going to be doing. Pass rush rise. Also added rookie Jordan Davis in the middle. More of a run guy, but I think he
0: ha- he's going to have value as a pass rusher as well. Here, here's what's wild. Pressure rate and adjusted sack rate were pretty bad. Yeah. ESPN's pass rush win rate last year, they were actually fourth. Huh. And that's without Graham and without Reddick
2: you know sometimes i, I like, like there's got to be some things happening in terms of game situation with some of these these things where you're getting these wins in particular circumstances
0: yeah i mean i don't know, you know yeah. when it's hard to get the breakdown of that but
2: like it's third and 15 and you get these wins but you don't get pressure or i don't know how they handle screen passes in that i'm guessing that that's erased in some way but yeah probably not counted right
1: yeah, this is, a, I think, a good C selection um, based on what we've talked about so far. We'll see what the B and A's look like. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of talent here. That, I mean, the, the, the four that they're going to put on the field are, I think, definitely good, probably better than C almost in some ways. I mean, Fletcher Cox is at the end, but if you're rotating him more, that, and he could still be a very potent guy, Javon Hargrave, obviously. Then you have Milton Williams, Jordan Davis behind them. Um, you know that's strong, high, strong starter, strong depth, and then the, the edge rush situation as well is is very good. I mean, with Sweat Graham and Reddick, I mean you got three pretty pretty good guys there. So, yeah, this is definitely a strong defensive line.
2: You want
0: to make yeah, up? Yeah, as far as their pass rush win rate, useful title points out that quarterbacks were quick passing to the Eagles a lot last year. And yes, pass block win rate does not count if the quarterback throws the ball within two and a half seconds because it measures how many times guys hold their blocks for two and a half seconds. So, right. so that may be it. Maybe the Eagles have a really high pass rush win rate because they were uh, teams were throwing the ball so fast against them. So, and then uh, when teams tr- were holding the ball, that when they were holding the ball, they were beating the blocks. Interesting. Do you want to move the
1: Eagles up, Brandon? Um. Them, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could put them well, alongside the Packers, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense.
2: Okay, another C team, and another team where it's like, how do you uh evaluate a pass rush when uh, opponents don't have to throw the ball on them, you know, after the third quarter or whatever? Jacksonville Jaguars, based on you know, having Josh Allen and rookie Trayvon Walker on the edges. Um, and some other players along the way who I think can play different positions there. Uh, just kind of put them in the C category to put them in the C category and, and see what you thought.
1: Um, this one. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that I would put them equal with the Jets and the chiefs. Uh, there's just too many question marks here for me. Okay. I mean, we'll see about Trayvon Walker, you know, obviously he needs to fulfill a role uh, with this team that he just didn't do at Georgia, right? <laughs> so some questions there. Uh, Chase on has been a disappointment. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. see there. You know, I, I like Arden Key a lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. You know, without Chris Corsarek, the defensive line coach in you know San Francisco and that scheme, we'll see how he's used and all that. I mean, I like Josh Allen. He's pretty solid. You know, Roy Robinson Harris is you know okay, but. Yeah, I don't see the upside here, or at least maybe not even upside. I don't see the floor that I do with maybe the Jets and the Chiefs.
0: Hmm. All right, let's move the Jaguars down to D+. They were a little bit below average in all the stats last year, so D-plus works for them, I think.
2: Right, right. Yes. All right. Next, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think they have a very, very strong front four. And, again, the games that are a lot of shootouts creates a lot of opportunities to see – what they have in terms of having DJ reader and Hendrickson, they'll see a lot of depth there, but, but Brandon, you can speak to that more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joseph Asai is a guy that they are really going to be counting on this year. Mm. Uh, He, he showed some promise last year in the preseason, then got hurt and missed the whole rookie year. Um, He was very raw coming out of Texas, but he's very athletic and he plays very hard. So he's going to get some effort sacks. And if he could develop some technique, you know, they could have something there. Um, but, yeah, they, they really need him, to I think, to step up to give them that viable number three option off the edge. Um, you know, Hendrickson and Reeder is a good top two. You know, B.J. Hill's pretty solid. You know, yeah. Sam Hubbard is pretty solid. This is a, you know, I don't see them being with Green Bay or Philly, but, yeah, or we have them below that anyway. That's That's probably okay for them. I mean... I might be a little lower on them than that, but we we'll, could we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out a little bit. All right. They play very, very good team defense. Yeah. You know, I think that's you know where their strength is.
2: That stymies me a lot of times, where it's like, well, this defense is playing yeah. well, so it's like, well, there's coverage, so there's coverage sacks, and I, I get confused with that. Whereas, you know, for the Chiefs, for example, there's no coverage, so there's less coverage sacks, but then you can see wins, you know, when they get their Harries. Um, And and useful title points, uh, uh, losing Ogunjobi was a significant factor. Um, uh, Next team, I just want to point out for the Denver Broncos here, I, I struggled with this. Aaron will talk again about how our metrics and the raw stats of the Broncos turn out very differently. Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory have a combined career 37 sacks in nine seasons. 37 sacks in nine seasons, not counting the suspension. So really 10 seasons. And that's why I can look at these guys and we can talk about potential, potential, potential. We're talking about guys who've played a combined 10 seasons. I would need more than that to be excited about that one-two pass rush combination as more than a C. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Stats-wise, they were last in pass rush win rate last year. But, of course, that's only half a year of Chubb, half a year of Von Miller, and no randy gregory they were 27th in pressure rate they were 30th and blown brock rate again you know it's it, it's exactly what mike said i think it's uh how much do you expect the potential of chubb and gregory to be realized
1: right yeah i mean the injuries for chubb obviously are concerning and i was always a little lower on him even when fully healthy hmm. he's primarily a power rusher um You know, off the edge, you know, a little bit one dimensional, uh, very good run defender, good all around guy. But Randy Gregory, man, I mean, last year he was electric um, and he is electric when he's on the field. He's just one of the more explosive guys in the NFL. Uh, You know, He's in the top tier kind of guy. He just he's he's a problem to deal with uh, when when isolated against any tackle in the league. He can move inside. He could stunt really well. He can really unlock a lot of things, um, and I like their depth uh, in terms of having Malik Reed and Nick Benito,
0: Benito
1: yeah. as your three and four off the edge. You know that's promising. I really like Draymond Jones, and I really like DJ Jones as well, okay. uh, even though he's better against the run than a pass rusher. Um, so there's. You know, there's, there's potential here, and they have Jonathan Cooper. So they're like five deep off the edge um, in terms of having, like, quality depth. And they'll need all five. What's because that? Yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. So if Gregory goes down or Chubb goes down, this unit's going to drop significantly. But, you know, going into the year, I, I think uh, having them here is, is probably fine.
0: Don't forget, by the way, if you're enjoying the video, like the video, subscribe to our channel on YouTube or Twitch. And if you're watching live here, ask your questions. We'll answer them live on the air. If you're listening afterwards on the podcast, uh, come back and watch us live 1 o'clock Eastern on Thursdays on YouTube and Twitch. Up next,
2: this is a team I made an erroneous assumption about, and it's the Tennessee Titans. I looked at their sack rates, and I looked at their pressure numbers, which... Aren't phenomenal, but I can see you know, you got Landry Autry, you got Bud Dupree when he's available. Simmons. And I made the erroneous assumption initially, it's like, well, I'm guessing they're sacking Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor and, and and Trevor Lawrence a million times. They only had seven sacks against the Texans and the Jaguars. Their sacks, obviously, they had nine against the Bengals in the playoffs and they had a five sack game against the, uh, the Rams and a couple other big sack games like that. Obviously you talk about when it matters, it matters. So I put them at C and only when I like did my secondary research, I realized, I think we got to put the Titans a little higher. Yeah,
1: this, this one for for me, I mean, this is more of a high end kind of unit, not a lot of depth here. Um, Just looking at their depth chart, uh, at least that I'm familiar with, not a lot of proven depth. But when you have Jeffrey Simmons, Danika Autry, those two guys are arguably the best interior pass rush duo in the NFL, certainly in the top five, I would say. Um, Autry is one of the most underrated pass rushers in the league, maybe the best guy in the league on stunts. Um, and they run a ton of stunts in Tennessee. Yeah. That's how they generate their pressure. Um, you know, Harold Landry is, you know, his, his numbers are a little inflated to me, but he's still a valuable player. He plays a ton of snaps, never quits. He's athletic, Um, you know, just kind of a one-trick pony guy, you know, not a lot of counters and things like that, but Mm -hmm. he aligns wide off the edge and stunts inside and, you know, he gets gets a good amount of pressure and stuff like that. But Bud Dupree to me is the wild card. If, If he's healthy and he's on the field for, you know, 14, 15 games or more, then we're probably going to be a little too low on this unit. But if not, then you're looking at a, good, a really good top three and then not a lot of depth. So, you know, it's it's tough. You know, going into the year, it's, it's probably fair to put them here, you know, on par with the Packers and Eagles. But, you know, I, I don't think the depth is as strong as those other two units. All
0: right. Yeah, because we did slide them up to C-plus there. So I think, I think that's yeah, C-plus, definitely. For those big sack games they had, the Rams game. I mean, the Bengals game, everyone remembers, because it was the playoffs. But that Rams game, I think, was prime time. was fairly yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Um,
2: the Minnesota Vikings, who I think their numbers were poor, and they added Zadarius Smith, and they're the Vikings. So I just stuck them here because I didn't want to think too hard about them because they're the Vikings.
0: And Daniel Hunter hopefully playing a full year. That's right. I guess you have to use the word hopefully about Zedaria Smith too. He's coming back from an injury as well.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um, this would be too too high for me. Um, made, I mean, maybe you can make the case if, if Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter come back 100%, everything's good, they're on the field for 14 plus games, then yeah, maybe long term, you know, they could be here. But I don't see a lot of depth at all. Um, I don't know where they're going to get interior pressure from. Um, I mean, Zadaria Smith is going to have to rush from the interior. That's how they're going to get it. Uh, they're, they're going to have to get a jump from, like, Armin Watts. Uh, DJ Wanham, I think, is kind of what he is at this point. Uh, I just don't see a lot of upside with this unit, aside from Zadarius Smith and Hunter could just wreck games themselves, but there's not a lot of help around them.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating to me because our overall projections for the Vikings like their defense to rebound and be better this year. But when you look at each unit individually, it's it's a hard story to tell. So I'm fine with dropping them to D plus. All right,
2: moving on down the last team in C, Baltimore Ravens obviously been a rough week in Ravens uh, land, particularly in the uh, defensive line units, Jalen Ferguson. Passed away very young, fourth-year pro. I had the opportunity to interview him a couple of years back at the senior football. Great college player, great competitor, seemed like a wonderful young man. So that's a loss for the Ravens. Um, at the top of their uh, depth chart, uh, you know, this is a team that blitzes a lot and um, has, you know, some talent spread across. But I'm, I'm interested to hear, Brandon, your thoughts about what they have right now on the front seven.
1: Yeah, I think um, this is probably the highest I would want to put them um, because I think they're more of a team defense, blitz, you know, generate pressure kind of unit. If we're isolating the defensive line, sorry. That's uh, right. Uh, Odefe, Odefe Owe is the guy, you know, who's going to have to turn into something, you know, like a true number one bona fide guy because they don't really have that guy right now. I mean, Calais Campbell is still very good. Um, obviously, he's, he's very old, um, but he he definitely is still good. Uh, I wouldn't call him like a you know a star or anything, but he's a very nice kind of complimentary piece to have to move around, make other guys better, you know, take attention away from other guys. But I mean, are they going to get anything from Ojabo this year? I don't know. Um, this to me is more of a run defending defensive line who's going to generate pressure from, you know you know, as a a team and through scheme as opposed to beating guys one-on-one.
0: It's sort of an interesting question, which is when we're judging these units, are we judging them based on just the talent and production of that unit or do we judge them based on scheme? Like does it make Baltimore a better pass rush that their scheme schemes up pass rush or does that mean they're not as good a pass rush? So I when I do my rankings, I
1: typically – approach it where it's talent and, you know, just isolating the defensive line. But I totally get, you know, wanting to do looking at the scheme, you know, and and those type of things because it ultimately does generate pressure. Um, So, yeah, either way. But that's how I kind of typically approach it because I'm so, you know, dialed in on player evaluation um, on defensive lines. So that's where my focus is. I'm looking at how guys are beating guys individually so I can help offensive linemen combat that you know the scheme stuff i'm not paying as much attention to so that's how i typically approach it but yeah however you guys want to do it
2: there's two and there's two elements of scheme one is blitzing the house all the time which would seem to suggest that this is a deficiency of the actual pass rusher compensating and there's other things like well you know we rush four but we can do them from different angles and we do stunts and we do things like that which i think tennessee I, is an example of a team that does real well that's yeah. these are good players and this is a value added a force multiplier that we can do these things and the Patriots are coming and it probably will come up with them as well.
1: Right. The difference is with the Titans, they're rushing four, and they're getting it done with the defensive line. Right. As opposed to Baltimore who plays more odd fronts, who's giving more exotic looks and it's just different, you know, so it's not as much driven from the defensive line, you know.
0: So do you think we move the Ravens down or would you leave them on the tier where they are?
1: Um, it depends. So are we going to be looking at it from just pressure regardless of talent? Let's talk speed?
0: about, like, how good is the pr- – is not how much pressure does the team bring, but how good is the pass rushers, the, the, the pass defensive rush- line, the outside linebackers? Yeah.
1: I, w- I would probably move them down then. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: you move the Broncos up? I mean, they're still sitting there at C, and you're well,
1: I don't know that that one I kind of like there, you know, just because there's question marks there with Chubb and Gregory, you know, dependability, durability. That one, they have the talent to move up. But if I'm making a bet on a season long, you know, type of bet generating pressure, I I would probably keep them there. Okay. Okay. Let me hit you with a couple of teams I put at C plus
2: and I have them lumped together because they each added a pass rusher to a team that already had a pass rusher. So they, they're trying to pump up their pass rush this off season, and it looks good, but I haven't seen it on the field yet. I'm talking about the Raiders and the Chargers. Raiders adding uh, 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 Chandler Jones and the Chargers adding Khalil
1: Mack. Yeah. Yeah, this – man, this one's going to be interesting to look at. Like, you know, I'm looking at the Raiders right now, and obviously Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, like – you know, you're not going to get a whole lot better than that, except maybe the Chargers, you know, uh, in terms of edge rush combinations. So mm-hmm. the high-end, you know, edge rushers here are as good as it gets. Um, but apart from them, not a whole lot else there. There, I mean, you know, Vernon Butler and uh, Bilal Nichols. I mean, Matthew Butler, the rookie from Tennessee. Uh, maybe that could be solid, but like you said, we haven't really – I would really be interested to see kind of how they're approaching uh, things. You know, when we watch the film, when we see them, you know, how they're using guys, the positions are put in, but Remember. the talent top to bottom isn't like as impressive as you would think to me, right. but certainly the edge rushers are as good as it gets. So it's, it's probably fair for them to be, uh, you know, C plus. Um, and then the chargers to me, I like, this one probably a little bit more um, just because I think Bosa is better than Crosby. I think uh, Mac is better than Chandler Jones or is good. That one's kind of a wash. But Bosa to me is, you know, you can make the case he's the best edge rusher in the NFL. Um, and so, yeah, Bosa to me, I just think is just so good. And, and, and Mac, this one, we know the scheme is going to be good. Um, you know they have Kyle Van Noy to kind of put in there as kind of that wild card guy to move around. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Jerry Tillery can defend the run, but he's a pretty decent pass rusher. So I like this one a little bit more than the Raiders. But again, usage with the Raiders a little bit more unknown with, with the Raiders.
0: All right, let's put the Chargers at B for now.
1: Okay. I, I think that's
2: probably fair enough. Yeah. Another uh, C plus team. Just going to put them out there, the New Orleans Saints?
1: Yeah, Saints. I mean, you know, this one, they're obviously, you know, very talented up front. Uh, Team defense is also very strong. Yes. Um, You know, and that that, that plays a big part in in everything that they do. Uh, I really want to see what Peyton Turner does this year. I think he needs to become a little bit more consistent for them because Davenport is so up and down uh Cam Jordan is getting older um but you know one of the most underrated players in the league David Onyemata is is a beast inside uh, I love I love his game there's a lot of talent here for sure uh I mean where where do we have them C plus
0: C plus C1.
1: yeah that's that's probably fair um yeah. I mean, I, I think that's okay. You know, even the chargers being above all these teams, I'm not totally sold on that yet either, but I'm, I'm very interested to see the next few teams to see if we can kind of break up this, this uh, cluster here. Okay.
2: Bit. I'm going to throw the Browns in the C plus category.
1: Okay.
0: And I'm going to just share a couple of fascinating stats that do not match at all. <laughs> Cleveland was third in ESPN's pass rush win rate last year, but 28th in pressure rate. <sighs> yeah, and they were halfway in between that when it came to sacks.
2: I, I, well, maybe that maybe that's those three numbers combined to tell us something, and we have to find out what it is. Uh, and of course, Miles Garrett is you know great. Miles Garrett is great. Yes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. He's- yeah, Miles Garrett is is definitely probably the most talented defensive lineman in the NFL. Um, you know, maybe just him and he's right after Aaron Donald for me. He kind of he kind of tapers off as the year goes on. He typically gets dinged up. Um, a lot of attention is paid toward towards him, and he gets he he just has to deal with a lot of attention, and he does get dinged up. Kind of similar to Joey Bosa, uh, but getting Clowney back helps. You know, obviously he's a nice piece. I mean, I don't really love the the collective roster on the defensive line here. Um, Taven Bryan – or Taven bryan has been a big disappointment in Jacksonville. We'll see right. what he can do here. Perry on Winfrey. We'll see. Um, he had a really good senior bowl and stuff. Uh, yes. I don't know. It's kind of unknown right here to me. I mean, obviously Miles Garrett you got the best edge rusher in the NFL. Clowney is you know able to kind of wreck stuff. Um, but yeah, I just. I don't know this one yeah, I'm, I'm kind of questionable on them but yeah I mean putting them like I look at Philly here
0: mm-hmm.
1: like in this tier and Philly to me their depth is just so impressive and I would just separate Philly almost from these teams and even maybe Green Bay Tennessee like those three to me are kind of different than these guys because okay. Cleveland and you know, the Raiders, the the Saints, they're they're strong off the edge. You know, the Saints have on Yamada, but I don't know. I think they're starting to me there's a little bit of separation that's coming to me with some of these teams and that C was it C plus. C plus, yeah. Yeah. So but,
2: Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to move we can move some guys around to get the separation.
1: Yeah, can we just do a couple more teams and then yeah.
2: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, last team I had in what was a C-plus category is the Annapolis Colts. I see Quentin Nelson behind you and autographed Quentin Nelson. Brandon, what what is Quentin Nelson's message
1: to America? Yeah, so it just says thank you for bringing light to the offensive line and for your knowledge of the game. And, yeah, I mean – Quentin, uh, it was very, really cool of him to send that to me. And awesome. we started talking when he was in Notre Dame and uh, just kind of established a relationship then. And, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really cool. I got a couple more uh, jerseys coming, too, I'm very excited about. But, awesome. yeah, this one's an awesome one that I treasure. You know? hey, Well, he,
2: he had to tell you about what it's like to lock the forest Buckner in practice and things like that. So go tell, tell us about the Colts.
1: Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about this defensive line. Um, I think get, getting Yannick Nkakwe uh, is really going to help, especially because you have some other pieces in place to where he doesn't have to be the guy. Um, you know, DeForest Buckner is obviously the guy here. He's I think Chris Jones and him and maybe Justin or Jeffrey Simmons are probably like the next best interior rushers after Aaron Donald. Um so Buckner's a you know beast. Uh Quidney Pay. I'm expecting him to to make a little bit of a jump this year. Mm-hmm. Uh I really like this kid from Vanderbilt Deo, uh Odin Yingbo. Um mm-hmm. he was hurt last year, played yeah. a little bit towards the end, but I really think that he could give them something this year. Mm-hmm. Uh Taekwond Lewis is isn't bad. Um, yeah, so Grover Stewart's excellent against the run, doesn't give much against the pass, but there's some potential here, I think, uh, with that top three. If Quidi Pay can make a little bit of a jump,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: they have a strong top three. But yeah, so they're they're interesting. I, I like them probably probably in that C plus.
0: You yeah, know? I'd leave them in the C plus category, yeah. but I wouldn't put them lower. I think based on last year, they might be a little lower, but I think if you add in Nagakwe the and then you consider the idea of pay likely improving, yeah. I think that they're a little higher than last year. So I think I'd leave them as a C C+.
1: Yeah, and if Deo, that, the second-year guy, can, can yes. you know, regain some of what he had after the torn Achilles, then, yeah, they could really have something. All
2: right. I'm going to hit you with the three teams in a row here real quick that I put at B, and quick explanations as to why. The New England Patriots, due to Matt Judon and Belichickian scheme wisdom, and I guess Barmore goes in there too, the Rams – because of Aaron Donald and, and Leonard Floyd and, and the Washington commanders, because if you look at it on paper, it should be phenomenal. We saw it on the field. It was kind of, eh, but young was hurt for a while. And, but the, 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 the raw ability of these guys at this front four said B to me. So
0: have at it. Uh, I, I'm going to actually maybe argue for the Rams to be higher. Uh, The Rams were number one in pass rush win rate. They actually, I know that that includes half a year of Von Miller, but they did really well in all the pass rushing stats. And I mean, like how many people does Aaron Donald count for? (laughs) 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 So I actually think that the Rams might be more of a B plus than a B. When I did my low leverage situation
2: stats and said who was getting first-down pressures and second-down pressures, et cetera. The Rams blew it away in terms of pressures. They didn't get as many sacks as some of the other teams we're going to talk about here. But, but they, like, their hurry rate was off the charts because it's like it's your random first down, you're doing a play-action pass, and Donald's in the backfield. Donald's just in the backfield, and he's disrupting something. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously Aaron Donald makes everyone better. Uh, I think the Von Miller ad, though, and the loss are okay. significant because Von Miller was outstanding. Um, and I think this is not going to be as good of a defensive line as it was last year uh, because of Von Miller not being there. It's not like they added anybody that I'm seeing on the depth chart that's going to be anywhere near Von Miller. Um, So, you know, I I don't know. I don't see them, you know, being what they were last year, Uh, but Aaron Donald obviously is, you know, the best guy in the league. I'd probably move the Patriots down. Um, the, The scheme thing, like you said, if we're considering that. And yeah, I think
0: if we move the Ravens down because they scheme it up, we should also move the Patriots down because they scheme it up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause their defensive line is, you know, a lot of really good run defenders on this defensive line. Um, You know, Judon is a, is a good pass rusher power guy, you know, wide nine, you know, he could, he could do some things for sure. Um, And Barmore is a, an excellent rookie, but apart from those two, I'm just seeing a lot of good run defenders here. We'll see about Josh Uche from Michigan. He has a lot of talent, but couldn't even see the field last year a lot. Right. He's kind of a wild card, but yeah, I just, this is a scheme generated pressure unit all the way for sure. Okay.
2: Now I'm going to move right up to B, plus, but I need one second because something is malfunctioning here. That's the wrong one. Here we go. B+. plus. Start with the Miami Dolphins, who have a lot of quantity of guys who are pretty good pass rushers. Not necessarily guys I think of as high-quality pass rushers or top-lines. I Obviously, love to hear your opinions on that, Brandon, but their they're low-leverage pressure rate that I've been talking about was first. 42.8% pressure rate on first downs and second downs. You've got Agba, you've got Phillips on the line, you've got Pappy Van Winkle, the, the the bourbon off the edge, not huge household names, but they seem to be getting the job done.
1: Kind of similar to the Patriots uh, in terms of you know right. scheme. Uh, we'll see now, you know, with the different coaching staff. Yeah. Obviously, they're not going to have um, you know uh, that Patriots yeah. influence anymore. Um, sorry,
0: Rams in New York. Uh, I can't remember who was the who was the defensive coordinator last year in Miami.
2: One of Flores' well, guys,
1: uh, you know the the head coach was, um, yeah, well, his name in Pittsburgh now.
2: Yeah, it's about Flores. It's, a, it's about checking system,
1: right? Yeah, so that's what it was, and they were generating it from you know, I mean, they're going you know zero blitz. You know, you watch, remember the Ravens game? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's they're, they're generating pressure off scheme. Um, Melvin Ingram, I love. I think that's a great guy to kind of inject into here. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a really nice piece. Uh, Phillips had a good rookie year. Christian Wilkins is a pretty good player. Ogba is underrated, but I wouldn't put them, you know, I, I would probably put them in like that Broncos tier, you know, probably to me.
2: Okay. Yeah, And if you're going to move the Patriots down for scheme while Belichick's still there, and we're going to move the, the Titans or we're going to to talking about the Titans scheme while they're yeah. still sure there, Flores is
0: gone. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wouldn't I wouldn't like the, that normal.
2: scheme might not help them anymore.
0: I'd put the Dolphins where the Patriots are. I wouldn't move them lower than that. Josh oh, Boyer. Josh Boyer was the Dolphins' defensive coordinator, and he's still there. So there may still be some of that Belichick influence, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though they changed the head. The offense, obviously, is going to change dramatically. The whole Miami chapter is basically about how the offense is going to change dramatically.
2: I forgot what a poop show that was. There's so many other things that have happened lately. I forgot what a poop show Two there. offensive
0: coordinators, who, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Now, the the – On the B-plus list is the Dallas Cowboys, and I just was completely befuddled by this team. Statistically, they look good. We know Micah Parsons can play. Uh, We know Tank Lawrence is a heck of a ball player. They lost Randy Gregory. Uh, So I I put them at B-plus because the numbers from a pass rush standpoint are so good, and I couldn't tell how much of that was facing Danny Jones and Tyler Heineke
0: a lot. I guess I'd move them down because there's no more Gregory to the regular B instead of B-plus.
1: That's fine with me. So B is is that pretty is the most popular tier right now, right? I can't I
0: mean, really. C plus is right now the most
1: yes. popular tier. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, I mean I, I I might go C plus, honestly. I mean, uh, you know, Marcus Lawrence and we'll see how much Parson is playing edge. You know, I'm assuming if he's just gonna be a full-time edge rusher, then okay, you know, I could see they have a dynamic top two. Um, you know, Dante Fowler is kind of a, a good depth piece. Sam Williams, we'll see what he could do. He has a lot of talent, but I mean, the interior, I mean, Zoa, you know, the, the rookie from UCLA, you know, pretty talented guy, but like, there's not a whole lot on the interior there at all. Um, you know, this one, I'm, I don't see a lot of, uh, depth here. And apart from the, the top two guys, I, I just don't see a lot of, a whole lot of talent on this defensive line, at least proven talent.
0: C-plus? Yeah, let's throw the Cowboys into C-plus for now, too. We're all being math teachers here. We're giving everybody we're, – we're, 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 we're actually downgrading everybody a little bit. We're Instead of great inflation, it's a little Look, bit of great deflation. This,
2: these guys ain't getting downgraded. The San Francisco 49ers, now their pass rush – statistics kind of look bad in part because i think the secondary was bad i think there was probably some slow games uh in there as well but we all know the personnel is strong drake jackson who i think is an intriguing uh person to add to a defensive line that's already got a couple of marquee players
0: no problem i have no problem with san francisco being here nope if anything i'd move them up but yeah Yeah, maybe yeah
1: yeah, this is this is good yeah you can move them up for now and we'll we'll see but yeah i mean Arguably the best defensive line coach in the league, yeah. uh, one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Which we're not accounting for scheme, but the defensive line coach I think is for this team significant because yeah, that's defense.
0: different from scheme because that's coaching up technique and stuff. And, and yeah, that's, yeah. I think I think that, that counts as guys' talents. Right. Yeah,
1: and uh, I mean Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, that's an outstanding top two. Uh, we'll see if Kenlaw can you know provide anything this year, but there's depth here as well. Uh, there's a lot of depth and there's a high likelihood that the, that the, that the coaching in place is going to get the most out of a lot of these guys as well. So I feel very good about, you know, being, feeling strongly about this, this unit.
2: Ash CFB we're not done yet. And we might look at these again for the Titans and say there's 17,000 teams getting a C plus. Maybe we'll move them around. We'll wait and see last team on this tier. You, Brandon, you've been talking about team defense a lot, excellent team defense. And that's, made me struggle in terms of the Buffalo Bills, who I think play outstanding team defense. Added Von Miller and have a lot of guys, like can throw a lot of guys at you on the defensive front four. At the same time, you lose Addison, uh, you lose Hughes, who I don't think was much of a factor anymore. But I had a hard time saying, well, is this a great pass rush or is this a really great defense, great offense, which means teams are playing catch-ups, which means you get pass rush opportunities.
0: I I will say again, Hughes had a ton of pressures last year. I think he's still – He's still an impact player. Not as much of an impact player as Von Miller, but he's still an impact player. The Bills were number one last year in causing blown blocks by opponents, and they were second in pressure rate. They were sixth in ESPN's pass rush win rate. And when you add Von Miller to that, I think that's definitely B plus, uh, definitely.
1: Yeah, I feel good about them at B plus. You know, more of a great team defense than great pass rush in the past. But this year, I think it could be you know a, a very good pass rush because of the Von Miller ad, um, and then you have the
0: two guys that were rookies last year. You got to expect Rousseau and Basham, at least yeah. one of them will be better this year, yeah, yeah. Was, uh,
1: yeah, that they, they got depth on the interior as well, yeah. Oh. I like them, yeah.
2: yeah, all right. So, right now, we have one team at a the San Francisco 49ers, another team at a which I don't think is going to be very uh uh controversial, the Pittsburgh Steelers. A fun little fact I pulled up, I looked at first down sacks, because, again, I love this idea that it's first down and it's a a neutral down, and the pass rush is just getting a win. The Steelers led the league in first down sacks. They got 18 sacks on first downs last year. Uh, T.J. Watt was six. Wormley had a couple. Hayward had a couple. Um, I think this is a
0: non-controversial call, right, the Steelers today? Here's a wild series of stats, though. Pittsburgh was second in adjusted sack rate and of course first in actual sacks mm-hmm. but they were only 16th in pressure rate That's and 15th 15th in pass rush win rate yeah so how much how much do we feel is here beyond tj watt and cameron hayward um not a plan,
1: i don't think uh Ogan Jovi's he's very inconsistent but he he has a lot of splash plays that's been in his whole career. Uh okay. And his splash plays are very impressive. But, you know, it's nice that he's kind of like the third guy here. Maybe yeah. the fourth because Alex Highsmith is actually pretty talented. Um, I like Alex Highsmith. Uh, But, yeah, not a ton of depth. But the Steelers, man, you could usually count on them getting, you know, a surprise season out of somebody. Right. Uh, you know, Watt and Hayward obviously is, you know, in conversation for, you know, the best interior outside, pres- you know, duo presence in the league. Chris Warmley is, you know, pretty solid, a pretty good year last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with them being on par with the, the 49ers, I think, you know, and I, I like the Niners a little bit more, but I don't know if it's enough to separate them by a tier.
2: Okay. Now uh, there's no S tier, because Aaron just aggressively gatekeeps the S tier. Whenever I try to put a team on S tier, uh, he's like, "No, no, no. Those are not the 1985 Bears. They cannot be. On, they're not the <laughs> They cannot be on the S tier." So I did. Now, I would have put this final team on there, except they lost guys. as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, there's no drama. You can look at the screen and see what's happening. And because I don't think JPP Damakong Su are coming back, they did add Akeem Hicks. They did add a rookie who I really like. Who I'm Logan Hall. Logan Hall uh, spacing on one of Brandon Claussen's favorites as well, but a tier also a high blitzing team. So maybe that's a concern,
0: but I felt comfortable with them on an A tier.
1: Yeah, I'm good with the bucks there. I, I really like their defense.
0: Do, do you expect enough from Tryon on Shainka like to put them in this tier? Uh, I, he's had some really nice flashes
1: then as a rookie. Uh, he gave Andrew Whitworth a lot of trouble. Um, he, he has a lot of talent, a lot of explosiveness, uh, the tools. Yeah. I, I think that's probably a pretty good bet to make that he's going to send Shaq Barrett is a uh, very good. I mean, JPP, you know, um, uh, I mean the fact that they got a Keem Hicks, I think that's probably an upgrade over Sue uh, at this yeah. point. Um, uh, Logan Hall to drop in here with Vita Veya, uh, I mean, William Golston on the, you know, is like your, what, your sixth or seventh guy. I mean, yeah, yeah this this my, is loaded.
0: My one negative, other than, you know, try and is still a bit unproven, is there's no depth. Like their third edge rusher would be uh, Anthony Nelson, who was a fourth-round pick in 2019 and not someone that anybody ever talks about. I, I like what they're going to get up the middle.
2: I think you are going to wind up seeing Hall blitzing from an interior sp- Gap yeah. If um, either Barrett
0: or Tryon Shainka gets hurt, they're in trouble,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, um, yeah, you could say, I mean, some of these units we have, well, you could say, you know, uh, I mean, the Chargers, you know, if, if one of their guys gets hurt, they're done, you know, uh, you know, they're gonna have to be pure scheme, right? Like,
0: Hitchhiker's probably just point out Devin White is a very good pass rushing. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not considering him because he's an off-ball linebacker. But if you're talking about team pressure, team, right, yeah. you know, approach, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a piece I'm not factoring in. But yeah, that that helps from a schematic perspective and everything right. for sure. I really, you know, just looking at our list now, I think Green Bay, Philly, and Tennessee, those guys. I just like the depth. I like the high-end guys there. I, I would probably be. Re- Fine, moving all of them up and getting them out of that tier,
0: uh, just personally. Yeah, I don't know what to do about the fact that you, this keeps coming up with Green Bay when we talk about defense. That the numbers just the the scouting the scouting viewpoint on the Green Bay defense is just much higher on them than any of the numbers are. Right, um, and that's why I would be hesitant to move Green Bay up. Uh, but yeah. that came, I mean, that came up with run defense that came up with secondary like that came up uh that just comes up over and over with the green bay defense is that the people who look at the roster and scout those guys feel like there is like that it's not just that there's more talent than the numbers show but that it's going to work together better than the numbers show that the the, by adding wyatt and um walker walker Walker. that the talent works together better so I, you know, we'll leave the Packers here because you you definitely know more about pass rush than I do. But I just want to put that asterisk on it that it just it feels like like uh, like the Packers should be so much better than they have been. Maybe this is the year. Maybe it is going to be so much better this year. But it just it hasn't been about as a team year.
1: defense or as a pass rush from the defensive line. Oh, I mean both. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think the defensive line uh, part of this is betting on Rashawn Gary getting even better. Right. Um, but the trajectory I think signals that then um, just dropping Devonte Wyatt into it. Now you're, now I think they, they're four strong, you know, in terms of two guys on the interior with Wyatt and Clark Smith and Gary on the outside. Plus, like I mentioned, Dean Lowry is, is a nice guy to kind of have off the bench who could give you some power on the interior. Jerron Reed could give you a little bit of power on the interior so like the interior, I think, is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, the the edge rushers though, if one of those guys gets hurt, you know, then then we could be, you know, talking about a unit that is gonna need more scheme to generate pressure. There's not a lot of depth there. But yeah, I think the the top four or five here, I, I feel very good about.
0: John Ward asks, since you do both offensive line and pass rush, which is better, Tampa's pass rush or Tampa's pass blocking? Uh, That's
1: a great question. Um, You know, I, I think this year there's a little bit more uncertainty Uh, you know, if we're going off of the last, you know, last year or the last few years, I would probably give the edge to the offensive line, but it's very close. They might have the best combination in the NFL of offensive line and defensive line. Um, So it's, they're both high end tier units. Um, it's just this year they have two new starters on the offensive line. Um, granted, I have high expectations for both of them, um, but you know we'll see. There's a little bit more uncertainty this year, so now it's kind of a wash, if anything. Um, but yeah, typically I would go offensive line.
0: All right, this is our tier list. Here we are. We're good. Are we good? Are we comfortable? Let's see what people have comments on. Yeah, do you have any other teams you want to move?
1: I mean, a lot of these I could get pulled in different directions. Uh, I'm trying to look at if there's you anything. Atlanta, you
0: can't get pulled in any
1: different direction <laughs> without that. No, not with <laughs> Atlanta, um, but like I'm looking at the Giants. You know, for some for some reason there. I mean, it, Thibodeau, I, I think could really, you know, be a, a pretty impactful guy, and they have. You know, Ojalary, who had a very good rookie year. Leonard Williams, like I said, I think I'm maybe a little bit higher on him than most, even though he's inconsistent. So that one, I don't know if I would move him up necessarily, but that, that one's a definitely a question.
2: If we're circling back to the Giants, we've never circled back to the Giants this year. The Giants have been a
0: train wreck for the last two years. If we're circling back, let's move them um, up. Let's give it to them. If we move the Giants up, do we also move the Lions up because of Hutchinson?
1: Um, well, they don't have the, you know, the interior they don't have the
0: interior guy. They don't have the Leonard Williams type.
1: No, they don't have that upside there. Um, that, that I can see, uh, and off the edge. I mean, if you want to say Hutchinson and Thibodeau or a wash, then you got to go to Ojalari versus Aquara or Harris, um, maybe a little bit more depth in Detroit, but, I feel like we got to see because Aquara with the torn Achilles, I want to see if, if he's back to what he was in 2020, then, you know, and I knew that I probably would say yes, but I, don't, I just don't have as much confidence there for those reasons. So that one's a little bit tricky to me, but potentially, yeah. I mean, um, All
0: right. so let's, let's, let's put the giants at D plus. We'll leave the lions at D.
1: Yeah. That one's, that one's so close. You know, the Vikings, like I'm, a little lower on them, you know, but I mean, I love to De- Daniel De- De- Hunter and Zedaria Smith is potentially a dynamic duo. There's just not much else there. So it depends, like, you know, are, are we looking at this do we ideally want this, the, this list of teams to carry through the entire year? We're trying to project sustainability. I wouldn't feel as good about the Vikings because they have two guys and mm-hmm. if one of those guys gets hurt, I mean, it's, you know, All Right. You know, so, okay. all right, yeah, that one's tough because there's upside there because the, the, the two guys are so good, but the floor kind of scares me a little bit there, yeah. So, man, the, the Jets I like probably more than the Dolphins,
0: <laughs> um,
1: you know. And I don't know if you move Dolphins, I down. think with
0: the numbers, I would want to leave it this way though, because Miami really has brought a lot of pass rush over the last couple of years, right?
2: And, and yeah you're projecting a little more with the Jets, you know, like Lawson's going to be there and he's going to be this and, you know. Right. I'm just
1: looking at players on the defensive line, not scheme either on that one. You know. know. Um,
0: All right. I'm good with this tier list.
1: Yeah, that's fine. You could, yeah, we could pick it apart, but yeah, that's, that's good.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So that's what we'll put that up and see uh, what people think about it. So, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Again, folks, Brandon's newsletter is Trench Warfare, so search for that on Substack. Just, like, ridiculously good information about both pass rush and offensive line. He is the expert also for the website Establishing the Run. Uh, Thank you all for listening and watching the show. We will be back next Thursday at 1 p.m., Jeff Schwartz will be our guest, and next Thursday we're doing offensive lines. So Tampa Bay will be high. And, yes, 1982 DVOA is arriving on the site this afternoon, and 1981 is arriving next week. So if you like history. My childhood. It's not history. It's my
2: youth. That's not history. It was just yesterday.
0: It was only yesterday. Mike's youth and uh, how much cocaine was, were the Philadelphia Eagles on in 1981 <laughs> will be considered on the subject today. <laughs> Mike said to me when I sent stuff out, he said, oh, he said, it's got to be a special asterisk for the early 80s because of all the drugs. All right. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for watching. Please rate the show if you're listening to the podcast. And we will see you next Thursday. 1 p.m. Eastern to Offensive Line. So long, everybody.